she kind of reminds me of like the girls freshman year of high school who wore pocketless jeans, had like the super arched, like thin plucked eyebrows, um, maybe those like super skinny frame glasses and like a ponytail so tight. It looked like you're like actively being scalped by it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you could see her in a tube top at the county fair, like losing her virginity next to the 4-H rabbit barn. <laughs> <laughs> fondled on the Gravitron. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. And... Last weekend, man, I had the best, uh, I texted you about it a little bit, but, um, we'll, uh, get into a bit here. I had the best weekend I've had in, in a, an exceptionally long time. Um, so a few weeks ago, I talked about going out to like the Manchester show and hanging out with Andy Prince afterwards. And that was so cool. Like I, it's just, I think what's super fun and we've said it maybe in private, or this is what I'll say to people, um, that I'm friends with when they ask how things are going or whatever, but it's like. I mean, the cool, I think the coolest thing about doing this is like, um, or what's been one of the cooler things is making these connections with people and then actually getting to see them in real life and just kind of shoot the shit and have a good night. Um, hobnobbing with the muckety mucks. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I, uh, Andy was the first person like from the show that I actually, um, had spent real time with and that was sick. Uh, but just this past weekend, uh, Jesse, uh, my buddy Jesse and I, um, your former roommate, uh, friend of the show, he's joined us a couple of times. Um, we went to Vermont uh, to go check out uh, Amy Miller. She was playing in uh, former guest Amy Miller, comedian. She was playing in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, I I went to Burlington a couple months ago with Jesse and um, a couple of his friends and. It was a great time. Burlington's sick. Uh, it's like the super college town, uh, but not in like a hokey, like not in that, like get me out of here. It's a college town kind of thing. Did you guys do like an escape room and a tipsy <laughs> pottery class or something? No, we just like it, dude. This, well, I'll get Old into West this photo. in a second. It's, um, it, I mean, what do you do when you're in your thirties? You just mostly go to different places to grab a drink and then you eat when you're hungry at random ass places. But, uh, it's, it's a, a great city. I I mean, walking around it during the day, I'm like, this is sick. It gets, it's the most stark shift I've ever seen at night. Uh, it goes from like just chill college town. Everyone's out seemingly friendly, you know, just, uh, a good, all around vibe to dude. as soon as it got dark entire streets just filled with homeless people uh and it was like the biggest bummer it fucking bummed us out we're like i don't even want to walk down here to get like look for food down this way because it's just like a block of homeless people sleeping on the sidewalk and you hate those and I, that's exactly, I hate them. So that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, we were talking about, you're like, oh, what'd you do? Did you do an escape room? No, it's just like, you go around and you just like pay homeless people to do the one chip challenge and shit like that. You know, <laughs> the, the good stuff. 
<laughs> hey, you, uh, I'll give you 20 bucks to spit in that guy's mouth. <laughs> but it, Why dude, can't it was... Greg Abbott just like come down the street with like an enormous leaf vacuum type thing and just, just suck them up? Suck them up. Florida, dude. We're in Vermont. So it's like they're, they're not they're not there yet. Um, I, I mean, we is... could just like bail them. You know, <laughs> just like drive down the street, those kick them out in like a mangled, bloody round bale, yeah. and then feed it to pigs. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dude, what's crazy about that area too is it gets. I mean, not not yet, but it gets fucking cold in the winter. Like, I don't know how it. I honestly don't know how homeless people survive in that area. Um, and like, where what I. Uh, but what's interesting is I didn't realize until we were there. Uh, Jesse had said to me that Burlington was one of the couple of cities across the country that actually defunded their police. Um. So when shit happens and people overdose, uh, no cops show up. I mean, we're just watching EMTs basically giving people Narcan in the street, you know, like, Oh God, did you actually see that? There was, yeah. EMTs were like around this dude. They're trying to prop him up. And I, it was crazy as we walked by him a few times. He's just sleeping like prostrate across the sidewalk, like long ways. You have to like pretty much step over him. And it's like, I, I didn't, I, I assumed he was sleeping, but it didn't occur to me that I could have just been stepping over a corpse had the EMTs not been called a little earlier, you know, like it, it's unsettling. actually unsettling. We're like, I let's go cleanse our palate with some comedy. So we went to the comedy show. We went to Amy <laughs> Miller uh, was fucking incredible. She's so funny. Um, it was some of the hardest I recall laughing in the past several years um, and her opener. Um, awesome dude named Ron Vi, uh, incredible comic. Uh, I w- everyone should find him on Instagram and follow him too. Cause he's just, he's unbelievable. It was great. Uh, very, very flamboyantly gay man who had some great openers to make a lot of people uncomfortable, uh, drop the <laughs> F bomb very fast. And it was like, Oh, whoa! it kind of like wakes everybody up a bit. He was amazing. Uh, and it was dope. I mean, we just, we went to the late show. Uh, so that was at like nine 30, which is a insane thing for me to do at my point in life to go anywhere for nine 30. Uh, <laughs> but we watched the show and then we just ended up hanging out with Amy and, and Ron, uh, Ron's boyfriend, Elijah was there. He was really fucking sick. Uh, and we literally just hung out in the comedy club until fucking two in the morning and that was an ex i mean i woke up the next day i'm like who does this is this is some college shit i haven't done that i don't i just haven't done that in years i i by monday today when we're recording this going to work i'm like i'm still tired from staying out too late on a saturday night um but it was a blast i i I really don't know how to really it's like Hey, comedy people, that's why we lean towards that lately on the podcast. It's like comedy people are just so much fun because they don't take shit too seriously. A lot, Nothing's really off the table to joke about. Oh, most. most of it, it. Yeah, yeah, most. <laughs> but if you, know, you say shit, it doesn't go well, you move on. Like there's no, oh, you're a bad person because you crossed the line. It's like, you know, you crossed the line and we get what you're trying to do and we just move on. There's no like character indictment over it. And it was so cool to just like spend the uh, the evening uh hanging out with them and 
hanging out with someone we've had on the podcast and who connected with, uh, you know, we messaged here and there on Instagram and shit like that, but it was just cool to, to meet people in person for the second time since doing this. And I, I fucking love that. I've, I gain anything from doing this whenever, however long we do it at the end of the, it's longevity. It's just like, we've connected with some really cool fucking people and I'll, it'll all, that'll always be worth. It's funny. Cause you know, people are always like, people question whether like how, how it's doing. Like th- they all want to know like details about like monetization and how things are doing. And it's just like, none of that actually fucking matters to me. Uh, it's just like, to have made cool connections with people is like, this is, this is worth it for me. This is the, the perhaps the best thing about it is connecting with dope ass people from all over the place. Yeah. There's a couple of people that like, will ask me about the podcast and they, they always ask me if like, we're like making money and I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but we're not doing it. Whatever yeah, that is. Not, and we, I think what's funny is honestly, we haven't even really tried. <laughs> I think that's what's the funniest thing about it is like, I don't know, in the business grind world where it's like the only value is in monetization. It's like, I mean, it's a grind. Like, what do you do? I mean, we've talked about this, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll just air it out for everyone to listen, I guess. It's like the the grind for monetization now is like uh, we missed we missed the mark on like podcasts making money because they're podcasts and everyone's listening to them it's not the pandemic anymore it's like what it it's like reels and bits uh, i mean in like clips like you do it on youtube uh that's kind of how things really help is like doing your video putting up on like clips on youtube and we don't even do that like we don't know how to do anything like you learned how to edit this just because we decided to start a podcast i haven't done anything with that side of things and it's like i don't really have the time in my life to just learn video editing at this point i'd love to maybe post post master's program and and all that i i might find a little bit more time on my schedule to like learn that but we're like the grind is a a lot a lot of hours put into like trying to get clips to go viral and whatever it's just it's such a weird thing to be like to we just have put zero effort into that um i I mean at this (laughs) point we've talked more so recently about trying to make things uh do more video and and get that shit out there but i don't know it's just funny because it's like i i don't know at the end of the day that's not why i did that i don't know what it would take to supplement a full income like i have a full-time career you have a career it would take a lot it would take a lot more than <laughs> what we're doing now right this is just, just fun i don't know and it's at, the payout for me is meeting people and knowing that i could pretty much go to any state at this point and probably have a connection and that's sick yeah same i think it's a uh, it's fun actually we're uh we're meeting one of our friends from our discord which you should uh, you should all join uh, April and I are going to hang out with somebody from the Discord this weekend, uh, which we're going to Denver, meeting my Jesse there, who's been on the show before, and we're going to go see uh, Taylor Tomlinson and then Sleep Token like two nights later. Nice, pretty pumped about that. That's all. I just saw Sleep Token. They came through my area, uh, and it was one of the, it was an incredible show. It was also one of the craziest like 
it was at the venue that I've been going to since I was like fucking 16 years old. So almost 20 years I've been going to this venue. And I don't believe for one second that they paid off fire marshals and oversold tickets because I've never seen so many people there. There were plenty of places in the venue where, sorry, motherfucker, you bought a ticket. You can't even see the fucking stage. It was bullshit. (laughs) I got up on the balcony and was pretty far away and it was still like, it was a totally different experience. I've never not been on the floor for a show except for the very first one I went to there. And I was just like, what the, in the first one I went to there, it's because they cut off people going onto the floor. They said, there's too many people on the floor. You have to go to the balcony. Mm. And there wasn't nearly as many people on the floor as there was for sleep token. So I, I, they haven't made any changes to that building. And I know the laws haven't just become more lax with how many people you can shove into a fucking sardine can. And they just, I couldn't believe how many people were there. Uh, it, if I didn't find a, the seats we did in the balcony, it really could have ruined it completely. And I do feel bad for people who probably had a terrible view. I mean, the merch, dude, they just bungled it when they, when it comes to like doors opening, like when, when we got there before doors opened, the line wrapped around an entire city block to get in. That is insane. And then that's like that Taylor Swift show that we went to. There was a, we waited in a line that had to be, it was at least a half, maybe three quarters of a mile long to get into the stadium and then yeah. realized that we had different tickets. So we could have just oh like God. gone down the thing and gone in, but that's ah, why sleep right. token is the Taylor to. Swift of metal at this point. <laughs> yeah. Sleep token is the Taylor Swift of incels. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and some of the people, there's too many. I, I drove by the line. I'm like, Oh God, this is, these are the people I get to spend the night. It's like, spend the evening with they're just like all the makeup on they dress like they're in the fucking band and shit you're like this is not i feel like uncomfortable here but i will say everyone's in line i say like me and a couple of friends were like fuck the doors like we'll just go to a bar right next to the the palladium we grab a couple of drinks there go back the line is still half a block i mean it it wraps like half a block and i was just like we just said fuck it and we walked up the side without the line and we got up to the entrance and we just kind of like shuffled into the line and walked straight in like we it's like oh you those people yeah oh i was and i'm like why are these people waiting in a line i mean come in from the other side hit it from both ways that's what uh <laughs> that's the way to do it anyway i was uh yeah it was crazy i couldn't i i really it felt illegal how many people were in that building I, it's so dumb. Before we move on, uh, there was, oh, um, we got a couple of guest spots coming up on other shows. Actually, uh, I did an episode of Childlike at Best, Mike Valdez's podcast, which was really fun. I think it was very funny. I laughed a lot. Uh, Mike's so much fun. And He's that so came good. out sunday so that's up go check out my episode of childlike at best with mike where we uh we talk about cereal and things like that no it was a ton of fun so yeah he he's there's a clip of it floating around on, on instagram i think but he uh we were talking about like favorite cereals and i mentioned that one of mine was 
Rice Krispie Treats cereal. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And he's like, yeah, they don't, they don't like the, whatever they've pumped out in recent years for Rice Krispie Treats is not like the original recipe. The original recipe was dangerous. He was like, it's like the Heisenberg glue of cereal. (laughs) He would know that too. Like he, he knows the day that recipe changed. He, he, he marked the lot number down. Dude, I could see him just walking up to a shrink wrapped pallet at Sam's Club and just like pulling a Bowie knife out of his belt, stabbing it into the side and then just like licking the <laughs> licking the Rice Krispie dust off the, off the knife and be like, this, this is garbage. Somebody stepped on this. He, he could honestly just, if he wanted to completely pivot, if like he was just like, you know, fuck comedy, I'm over it. Uh, just a cereal. I mean, he could test cereal. He's quality control, like the quality control cereal, man. Yeah, it was a he's ton got, of fun. So he's got boxes of cereal, like limited edition shit you've never heard of. When I I did his podcast uh, a little bit back, uh, and um, I was I asked him a question about like cereals, like what what's some of the craziest like no longer made cereal. I forget exactly what I asked him. And he pulled the camera back and showed me a shelf above his bed frame. And it was just like all these crazy ass cereals. Nobody would have ever heard of. I mean, I was blown away by, by all of them. There was probably like 20 boxes of cereal up there. And I was just like, no, he's like the general mills version of a sneaker head. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, and I did also do an episode of My Gay Church Days, George Azar's podcast, who we're having on tomorrow. That'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. And then uh, I think a couple weeks, George's episode with me on his show will air. So nice. Heads up for those. But that being said, we have to get to the pressing news of the day. We've been so giddy to talk about this. It's been my favorite. uh, uh, news story of the past few days because it get, gets back like any good news story like the the original version is good but it, and like it just it's like wine dude it just gets better with time it's, every every six hours there's an additional detail layered on that makes you go what yeah. <laughs> so uh represent so lauren bobert got kicked out of a, a live production of Beetlejuice which I guess is like a uh it's like a Broadway play right yeah yeah musical I mean, song and dance I don't know if she was family in sort of thing no no no. she was in Denver okay and so she was seeing it there and if you don't know who Lauren Boebert is she's the state ben- representative from the big buck hunter loading screen <laughs> Colorado's third district uh she is God, there's it's 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 hard to describe Lauren Boebert. Like if she wasn't a senator, like I could have seen her. You remember in like 2003, like we were in high school, you go into Blockbuster and there was always some like straight to video National Lampoon movie there that you'd never heard of. And there was always like a bimbo on the cover, like barely clad it was like van wilder four or something like that yeah yeah you know van wilder four escaped to mexico or something and lauren bober to be on the front like covered in 
milk or something like that. Yeah, with like a super tight like cami on only. And she I mean, I she has vi- she has the same vibes as like a a woman who would fuck who is like a teacher and would fuck one of her students. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Yeah. And she's an ultra conservative firebrand like basically is just like a sound clip machine. She's kind of like if the if the Heritage Foundation opened like a Coyote Ugly style bar, she she would be she would be the the one of the bar matrons that does the Macarena really like uh, robotically on the bar. She has like this. I mean, she's got a white trash vibe for sure. I mean, she kind of grew up that way. Uh, No disrespect to our friends out there who who just didn't graduate high school and got their or just got their GEDs, but like you're probably not actively working in United States government. So like she does, she didn't graduate. She got her GED and then immediately, like not too long later, just started working. It's like in government. What do you, that seems weird. She has like a very like white trash vibe where it's like, she kind of reminds me of like the girls freshman year of high school who wore pocketless jeans had like the super arched like thin plucked eyebrows um maybe those like super skinny frame glasses and like a ponytail so tight it looked like you're like actively being scalped by it (laughs) yeah Yeah, like you could see her in a tube top at the county fair like losing her virginity next to the 4-h rabbit barn (laughs) (laughs) fondled on the gravitron (laughs) <laughs> just a um a huge fan oh fuck i just forgot who was the general what's the fucking the vehicle the general uh oh the general lee yeah general lee what am i doing what's the show fuck me forget it joke's dead i lost it so it's no good anymore yeah the uh the uh dukes of hazard, dukes of hazard. she's definitely a dukes of hazard person who just like fucked the people in the back of the general league yeah she's the duke of hammered just a a drunken trailer park sleaze bag we defend she's I definitely mean, not def- got we- that like 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 slut who fights vibe to her like yeah, like, like discount <laughs> ronda rousey like you could definitely see her and another woman doubled over with fistfuls of hair in each other's hands, just screeching and doing that, like from the side roundhouse punch. Yeah. Like in just a mud into pit. each other's bodies and, and shoulders, like Skanko Roman wrestling. Yeah. In a mud pit with bikinis. I mean, they definitely got suspended for fighting after she definitely got suspended <laughs> for fighting after school because someone had probably fucked her boyfriend and she defended her boyfriend for cheating. <laughs> Dude, that is it that's it <laughs> that is the vibe well we Look, actually we, and, and we then talked she about her before that on yeah because she defended her husband who uh took out his pecker at her like uh rootin tootin is shooting this bar in rifle colorado in front of a, a like a 16 or a 17 year old girl and like and her literally problem took was out his Johnson and showed an underage girl and, and Lauren Bobert like stood up for him and basically like slut shamed the child yeah. for some reason, <laughs> like for no apparent reason, but oh, just like, Oh, she, she wanted it. <laughs> right. Even though she's relentlessly like fighting against quote unquote groomers. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's like on a crusade against like whatever, quote unquote, you know, LGBTQ plus people, but uh, continually in like inappropriate sexual situations her and her immediate circle over and over again which and brings that's basically us to this happened. new clip yeah <laughs> so uh i think it was over the weekend lauren bobert and her mystery man who we'll get into in a second got kicked out of a production of beetlejuice in denver at the buell theater and it started out so like the first thing that came out was like Lauren Boebert gets kicked out for causing a disturbance at the Buell Theater. And there was like some security cam stills, but not much. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. You could tell that she was like Karen arguing with the the usher and stuff. Then it came out that she was vaping. She's like <laughs> sitting right next to a pregnant woman and she's vaping. The woman asked her to stop. She wouldn't stop. She was combative. Sounds like she was drunk. She immediately denies that she was vaping. And acts appalled that anybody would accuse her of that. Then security cam footage gets leaked of her vaping. Like, I mean, seriously, just on camera vaping, which she claims she doesn't remember, blah, blah, blah. Claims which she's I never love that. Dude, the whole this lady. The whole like, I don't remember. This is like the most middle school scenario possible where you're just like, I wasn't vaping. And you're like, we have video evidence. You're like, it's a conspiracy. I wasn't doing like, that's why her entire life revolves around things that just like you just, anytime there's actual evidence against what you say, you're like, well, that's a conspiracy. That was doctored. I I mean, I definitely wouldn't have done something like that. It's a hundred percent. And then, and then she like gets mad at you. She's like, I, I wasn't doing it. And this video evidence is gaslighting me. I'm being gaslit right now. And that's the problem with liberals these days. And then she just goes on these weird tirades. It's like, like no one, the world isn't actually, even though they should be out to get you, like they're not, they hate you. They wish you were dead, but like you just bring all this shit on yourself. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, just continually like trying to dodge the effect of her, like the, 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 the facts around what she actually did in any given situation. Yeah. But, but it gets uh, better than vaping. Yeah, so she gets caught, like, it's clear that she was vaping next to this lady, and people go after her for that, and then, and and this is all on, like, a very short timeline that these little pieces keep popping up, but then the bombshell drops. That's the real conspiracy, right? The real conspiracy is them, like, we'll just release one clip, and then, like, we'll release another one, like, in 72 hours, and they just do it in piecemeal, just to keep the story going. (laughs) It's probably true, but it makes it so much fun. It really like makes it exciting to uh, to be a part of stuff like this. I'm fine with that. You know, when it's like a, uh, you know, uh, a terrorist attack or something, just give me the let's smoke the whole pack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then video comes out closer up and show it. And like you could see in the videos beforehand of her, like leaving the premises and stuff that she's in, like she's in like a really like, you know, small tight fitting dress she's got like a lot of cleavage sticking out of her dress like she came straight from the wet seal and let's um, be real she doesn't look bad like i look okay i'm a little apprehensive to say this but i haven't not made the joke that she's like a hate fuck you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll just, oh man i'll just go with it I, I i'll go know. with it <laughs> <laughs> but video comes out closer up of her and her date and her date is like just twisting those dirty bags in the seat they're like oh, he's in the r- auditorium he's going to town on them like he's ripping <laughs> her tits off He's trying to get the last bit of toothpaste out of the tube. <laughs> He's digging in there. It's like, I don't know if you guys, uh, if uh, maybe our listeners uh, who live near the beach, this might be a beach person joke, but uh, when you bring your umbrella to the beach, now they have like these, like these giant screws that you screw into the sand that you then put your umbrella into and then you can twist it. So that way the umbrella doesn't get taken away by the wind and float away. And I've screwed in many of those and it's an absolute workout. And as I'm just watching the video, all I can think about is someone just trying to dig one of those into the sand by just twisting it over and over again. (laughs) And it barely goes anywhere. It's super slow. (laughs) Yeah. He probably like elbowed the person in front of him trying to get some leverage. (laughs) And then you can see foot on the chair in front of him. (laughs) the brace (laughs) and then you can see bobert she's like looking down at his handiwork and she reaches her arm between his legs and is obviously just like groping his dong through his pants yeah she went straight for the over the pants handy yeah otphj yeah it's (laughs) just getting that friction going and it's not like a particularly it doesn't look particularly dark. And this is like a I I mean, my understanding is this is an all ages production. There's all different types of people in this place. They're sitting on the end of a row, clearly visible, and just like going to town on each other. It's wild. This is why Pee Wee Herman was done so dirty, because Bobert's going to walk away from this like pretty much scot free. And Pee Wee suffered the consequences of like rubbing his dick just a little bit in a porn theater, which is the most reasonable place to touch your dick. And <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Bobert just started ch- chafing a dick at a production of Beetlejuice. And she still gets to be like, what's the repercussion? What's the repercussion for her? Nothing. A momentary embarrassment. Pee-wee's problem is that he cultivated an audience of children that eventually outgrew him versus Lauren, who cultivated an audience of like half-wit boomer doofuses that just hang on her every word. Yeah, they vote for her simply because they just wish she was grabbing their dicks. They're like, well, maybe if I vote for her, she'll touch my dick someday. Yeah. She's the Hooters waitress with a 1911 on her shoulder. <laughs> That's it, dude. It's literally the Hooters. It's like, I'm going to flirt with this person because I think I might get lucky tonight. And you're like, no, you're just going to tip them really well and walk away sad. Yeah, you can literally see like like some 60-year-old dudes like ambling up to the bar like, sweatily hoisting themselves up onto a stool and then she comes down to like take their order and they're like oh here comes trouble yeah and it's like oh it's on that's that's the start of the uh the, the romantic 
jousting that is their dialogue for the night. You suffer a couple of ass smacks and you walk away with a couple of hundred dollar bills in your pocket. Yeah. A couple hundo lighter and really bad indigestion. <laughs> so uh, she gets asked to leave. The ushers come down. It's clear in the video that she's kind of like arguing back and forth with them. Um, some people that were there, ushers and, and guests and things like that, said that, uh, you know, she threatened to call. There was a, you, do you know who I am? Was thrown around. Oh, I she, love, dude, that is so good. Do you know who I am is the cuntiest thing you can actually say. <laughs> it is. It is. If you have to ask, then it, then no. Nobody and cares if, who you and are. If they You're not do, important. And if they do, what you did is so fucking stupid that they don't actually care enough. Like, and that's that question. Has that question ever got anybody anywhere? Only the juggernaut. They go, do you do you know who I am? And they're like, no, tell me. And they're like, she's like, I'm Lauren Bober, a United States representative. And they're like, oh, my bad. That wasn't ever that it was never shifting in a different direction because you can't jerk off your boyfriend and get your tits molested in a theater. <laughs> I'm Lauren, Bo- Lauren Bobert, two way activist and Bass Pro Shop calendar model. so she and her date they storm out of the place hand in hand flipping birds and stuff like that uh at one point some of the somebody said that she claimed she was on like the board for the the theater or something like that claimed that she was going to report the ushers to the mayor like she's clearly like drunk or something and just throwing things out there just making a scene you know she's she (laughs) she's at the it's it's the exact same as it would be if she was like at the dmv with her grandbaby in tow arguing because she didn't take a number when she sat down Absolutely. Even worse than the DMV. I could see her just losing her shit at the deli for not taking the number when she should have. <laughs> like the DMV, everybody understands being angry there, but she's just waiting to get half a pound of black forest ham. And it's like, she absolutely tries to light that place on fire. Now her date, part of what's happened is uh, her date was like kind of a mystery. Nobody knew who it was. And she's um, divorced. She got out. divorced then. I think from she's the guy that still she in defended. the middle. Yeah. She's still in the middle of a divorce from the sex offender who took his dong out in front of a teenager. Gotcha. So she has good Christian values. I see. Exactly. Yeah. She's waiting for marriage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, oh, wait, hang on. You're not a Christian. <laughs> Boy, I missed my cue. I'll do better. Good enough. <laughs> I just needed that in my life. <laughs> so uh, on on this, the topic of her date, uh, here's a clip from a report that I read. A report from The Advocate, the LGBTQ plus news outlet, noted that the man who accompanied her to Beetlejuice was a Democrat named Quinn Gallagher, who is the proprietor of a bar that has hosted LGBTQ plus events and drag performances, which have often been targets of the political right. Uh, apparently, this guy's family... That's incredible. I didn't know that. I did not know. I 
Oh my God, dude, that makes everything so much better that she truly has no principles. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, uh, so the bar is in Aspen, Colorado, which is, yeah, it's kind of like a wealthy ski town. Uh, it's called Hooch Craft Cocktail Bar, and he owns it with somebody named Pat Flanagan since last year. So one of the things listed in the article was that like his bar is being flooded with bad reviews after this episode, <laughs> you know, which they always do that. Like it's always like you, you read these articles and you're kind of like sympathetic to where the person writing it is coming from. And then you know, slowly you're like, OK, so we're kind of we're blowing this out of proportion a little bit here, but I did find some, some Yelp reviews for his bar. Do you want to hear them? Uh, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? So Greg H gives it one star and says, quote, the owner, the owner is doinking 36 year old grandma Bobert who supported an insurrection against America. If it gets quite loud, if she is there, it gets quite loud. If she is there, she usually yells and screams, threatens to call the mayor, snorts horse pace at the bar. It's quite embarrassing. Order the impeachment margarita. It comes with actual evidence. And then he posted a picture of her in her dress with an arrow pointed at her boobs. Greg sucks. Hell of a review. Uh, I kind of hate Greg. <laughs> he... <laughs> I think the, I... Most of- the most offensive thing to me is like bad jokes and Greg is full of them. Yeah, that's that's my biggest problem with this. I t- I... It is funny because the guy who owns a bar as a Democrat, like again, Bobert is the worst. She's it, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine a less principled person. So if he's into her and things are happening between them, I, I imagine he's not particularly principled, I, principled either. I just, it's interesting to think about what These that relationship People are frauds. <laughs> it's hard to imagine what, what any of their conversations could actually be, I guess, because it's like, I'm a Democrat and I believe in X, Y, and Z. And we all know what Bobert publicly stands for, but if they can get along in their private life being for her being an extremist, like, look, I, I think I know couples where one person is more of a conservative and the other person's more of a Democrat and they just don't, Sometimes they argue about politics, but they just don't really get into it. And they align on a lot more than you might think. But it's just like, it's hard to imagine Bobert being in something like that because her public persona is so abrasively conservative. You mean it's almost like a a Twitter conservative and a Twitter uh, liberal don't actually believe in any of the stuff that they're talking about past right. like posting about it? Which is what it feels like based on what we've learned so far, which isn't hard to believe to some degree, but it makes it more frustrating that like, despite all this information, people will still vote for Bobert because she's a quote unquote true conservative who aligns with their good Christian values. And that's fucking annoying. Well, I mean... That goes all the way around, I guess. I mean, they, yeah, 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 dude, for sure. It's for just, sure. it's a spectacle. What's, what's frustrating about it is that these people, these people like these two who are just frauds 
and worthless and don't actually believe in anything beyond like advancing their own career. Why? Yeah, no like, values. You know, this guy is not like him hosting drag shows at his bar in Aspen is not costing him anything. That's good for business there. Right. Which is you probably know? why he's a Democrat, because it's better for business for him to be a Democrat. All the visiting millionaires, it's they get to go have like a, a raucous, naughty night on the town at the drag show and then also act like they're somehow standing up for for queer rights by doing so. Right. It's like, yes, every you're you're great. Everybody loves all of you guys. You're doing great. Same with like uh, having a bar in Rifle, Colorado, where you can tote like a an old cult single action on your on your hip and act like you're standing up for the Second Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> Go screw yourself. So Dude. ridiculous. Not to how to make money on this. I really want to. <laughs> Not to like uh take a quick rabbit hole and I for the sake of time I won't shift us too hard, but the idea of Oh shit. I totally got sidetracked by that. I gotta make money on this. I totally want to. <laughs> you love it so much. I it really <laughs> ruined my brain. I had a whole thought and now I don't have to suffer for us a rabbit trail. I don't even remember what you said right before that. That cleared out my existing like memory. What do you want to hear some more reviews? Maybe that'll yeah, help. Let's just go with the reviews. Food C gives it one star. He says or they say planning an insurrection? They have a private room and host Lauren B pictured with uh, like basically they made like boobs emojis on display. Also, they have drag shows, drag show nights, which are off the hook. Their specialty dish is hamburgers and coffee. Let's go, Brandon. What? That sucks. What? I don't even understand that joke. Oh, it's it's just like remembering Trump made spelling errors a couple of times. That's like the the pinnacle of internet comedy at one point. Okay. Kofif. You remember that? Oh, I remember Kofefi is what I always heard. Kofefi. That's what messed me up. Handburgers, did you say? Hamburgers. Hamburgers. You must have spelled it wrong at some point. Look, honestly, as a guy who spells everything wrong in text, That's the one thing I won't hold Trump accountable for. Yeah, I, if you're going to extend an olive branch in any direction, yeah. it's going to be that. that. I'm actually, because I've never had to consider it before posting things for public consumption, I'm starting to question whether or not I have dyslexia because I'll post something and I'll reread it at least a dozen times. I'm like, all right, yeah, everything checks out. No, we look good. Reread it again. All right. No, I'm all set. I didn't fuck this one up. I post it in immediately within 15 seconds. Uh, my buddy, Jesse, who I was talking about earlier, <laughs> responds to my stories and goes, you spelled that wrong, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's just like, I can't. He's the eye in the sky. I can't do it. I think I legitimately think there's a chance that I might have. And there's got to be something called like, uh, like, internet dyslexia at the very least where it's like you know i can write but maybe not because i rely heavily as a guy who is currently working towards his masters i think i would fail out of my program if it wasn't for spell check i (laughs) i just type away and then go back and just i have the amount of red squigglies the amount of like did you need to say the word the twice it's like the the like i don't pick up on any of it 
And I, I do legitimately question whether or not I have a at least a mild form. I don't know if they if it's delineated by mild or extreme, but I can't. No matter how many times I proofread, I fucking spell all my shit wrong, and I get called Every out. Every paragraph on it. is like a Where's Waldo for you. Yeah, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it used to hit me a little bit more. Like I used to be like, oh, I feel so dumb, and I now it's just look. If you understood the point that I was trying to get across, then I just, I don't want to hear about my spelling errors anymore. It's you get it. Cool. Then just move on with your life. You'll forget about it shortly. True. It's if it's not coming from a place of love, then it's not welcome. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, the, they get ejected from the thing. Ejaculated. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Skeetle juice. (laughs) <laughs> all over the place. Um, Bobert gets like, she has like several contradictory statements on it Hell before yeah. actually having to fess up to some of it in a very generalized way. Um, her apology she issued in writing is very different than the one interview that I found of her that she did. So here's the written apology first. Quote, the past few days have been difficult and humbling, and I'm truly sorry for the unwanted attention my Sunday evening in Denver has brought to the community, Bobert, as reported by the Colorado Sun. Bobert lawyer added wrote that, that. Her, <laughs> right? Quote, public and difficult divorce has created a, quote, challenging personal time for me and my entire family. I've tried to handle it with strength and grace as handle best I it. can, but I simply fell short of my values on Sunday. Oh my God. Dude, divorce is complicated. I can't stop jerking people off. <laughs> That's how I get through it. Do it all you want. Just not in a public theater. I know. No, dude, you, she could have just gone to the bathroom for a minute. Nobody would have cared. I, I mean, of course she would have had a lot to answer to for the, you know, if she went into a men's bathroom or he went into a women's bathroom, because that's the most dangerous thing on earth is people walking into the quote unquote wrong bathrooms. And I understand that she's built an entire platform on that, but it still would have been safer. At least there's no cameras in those bathrooms yet until she has her way. How much you want to bet that she went to the concession stand and paid for like a rum bucket with sweaty money from under her bra. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) she quote genuinely did not recall vaping that evening when she told her campaign to issue a statement denying she had done so she said she would have to work hard to earn back trust from voters in her district well lucky for her she doesn't actually have to do any of that because those people are going to vote for her no matter what (laughs) you know she won by 546 votes this last time that's crazy holy shit can't be That's, too hard on them. Yeah, you're right. I no. I there's only state, 800 people in Rifle, Colorado. <laughs> statement withdrawn. Uh, Ann Coulter says she's a totally embarrassing bimbo. By the way, and Ann Coulter, Ann Coulter would know. You know what I just realized recently? Do you get remember as a Greta Van Sestern? Van Sestern. Yeah. Remember her from Fox News? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on Newsmax now. Is she really? Yeah, she's got her. I Boy, think, what maybe? a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, you know, I think she you can't be in Fox's news li- new lineup if you have uh, Bell's palsy or something. Yeah. 
Okay, so like I said, she has done one interview that I saw since this all happened, and uh, it's with One America News Network, which is hell yeah. Oh boy, it's just it's just like uh, the Babylon Bee editorial channel, basically. <laughs> All right, so this is a little bit longer of a clip, but stick with it. It's it's ridiculous. What's the top story? Lauren Boebert getting kicked out of the Jewel Theater in Denver, Colorado. It's what the TV media deals. does. It's what the media does. So yes, what, it is. what, what, it is what went what down? Do. Well, um, I was a little too uh, eccentric. I I am I'm very known for having uh, a animated personality, uh, maybe overtly animated Me personality. Too. I was laughing, I was singing, having a fantastic time, was told to kind of settle it down a little bit, uh, which I did. But then uh, my next slip up was uh, taking a picture of- Right, uh, the, can't the take cap- any images of the play. I've done it too, I've snuck them. Right, so you got thrown out because you took a pic and you weren't supposed to. But you know That's what, right. here's my- What a thing. fucking loser. Still arguing. There's reports saying that I was arguing, threatening to call the Denver mayor. I don't know why I would ever call the Denver mayor. I think he would have tried to lock me up. Yeah. Um, there's reports saying I was on the board of something. I don't know what I'm on the board of. Uh, I'm on the edge of a lot of things, let me tell you. Uh, edge lord. <laughs> well, probably the people that complain, here's what I'm thinking. You're in Denver, Lauren. It's very liberal. The people that complained to the ushers that you were being noisy could have recognized you and been like, oh, that's that MAGA girl. Yes, that's Fuck, that sucks! <laughs> Holy shit, he sucks so bad! It's liberals. The only people who hate <laughs> publicly jerking other people off are liberals. You know what the problem is? Is all she probably has done for a long time is talk about how the, the, the liberal sexual ethic is what's killing America. And she just jerks off her boyfriend during Beetlejuice and blames liberals for not liking it. <laughs> yeah, they're just like sitting in the audience in front of half the the city, just like groping each other like two teenagers in a sleeping bag. Yeah, and that guy is like, yeah, you got kicked out for snapping a pic. No, he she got pick, kicked out for snapping a dick pic. What a fucking loser. That guy is a simp. The problem with that guy is he's actually trying to eat her pussy right after that interview. And that's all he's going for. Yeah. The guy interviewing what his name is, but he is, he is such a jerk off. I actually thought it was Trump at first. (laughs) I, uh, at the beginning of that, I thought it was Trump because he had real Trumpian cadence and maybe just, you know, it's taking after, and trying to emulate his Lord and savior, but it was, I, I couldn't, I didn't realize it was Bobert in whoever was interviewing him at first. It felt at first like someone, a woman whose voice I wasn't familiar with interviewing Trump. Yeah. It's like, uh, one of his, one of his brain dead acolytes channeling his, uh, his essence. So that is the most fun story of, I don't know, recent memory. I really enjoy it. I know nothing's going to happen as a result, but at least there's like some conservatives being like, "Ah, ah." I don't think that she has like tons of friends in the, in the like broader Republic, like the mainstream old guard Republican base doesn't like her. Yeah, that could be true. Uh, She, I mean, she doesn't present well. She's obnoxious. Um, I could see a lot of, 
the older crowd not but also the older crowd doesn't like anyone under the age of 40 also i didn't know she was 36 she's our fucking age dude yeah i know we should be how little we've accomplished i know i'm like why don't why aren't we running for election at this point jesus christ (laughs) oh my god yeah so that was uh that was exciting now um sam has a story for us i certainly do uh we've been rolling through the apocrypha and i had been entirely unfamiliar with the apocrypha other than that one time i read a tiny passage out of the book of wisdom after my grandfather died for his funeral when i was i don't know 14 maybe uh that was my first experience with the apocrypha and i was like Mom, why are these books in the Bible? Isn't that, isn't that not the Bible? Like it just seemed, I I didn't get it. And I remember thinking not too long ago, I'm like, it's insane to me that the Apocrypha wasn't included in in the Protestant Bible. Like the the Catholics included it. Like when you shift away from this idea that the Bible is like the, the, the way that it was handed to us as Protestants is the infallible word of God and all that stuff. It's like, all it's doing is providing context and giving a window in the way that people thought uh, about God and how that progressed and evolved over the years. And after the past several episodes of us going over the Apocrypha, I'm honestly kind of on team Protestant at this point. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of it is dumb. (laughs) It's just wild. So you recently we went over like Bell and the Dragon or it's like a Daniel and the uh in the not Daniel. Um Yeah, Daniel. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, Daniel. He Daniel fights the, a crocodile or something. Yeah, Daniel and the Dragon's Den was the story. Uh but <laughs> yeah. the Apocrypha has like a good few books that revolve around the the lore of Daniel. And for some reason there's a whole bunch trying to like puff him up. Um so for the first time in my life, I read the book of Susanna. Now, I get why Protestants left it out. They're like, yeah, Esther, one woman is enough to name a book of the Bible after. I don't think that was a good reason to not include it. But I, after reading Ruth is it. is pushing it. Yeah, yeah. I should. I said Esther uh, was the only one, but you are correct. You schooled the man with the Bible degree from Liberty University. Uh, there's also Ruth. <laughs> uh but this book is crazy. It doesn't belong. It's not necessary. Uh, when I look at the uh, introduction to it in my um, the New Interpreter's Study Bible, uh, New Revised Standard Version with the Apocrypha, um, a couple of Bible scholars who I appreciate their input on things and their perspective, uh, I bought this because of their recommendation. So I know it's coming from a good place. But the first sentence for the intro uh, explaining the book is uh, the exciting and edifying story of Susanna has been transmitted into two rather different forms. Most of the ancient copies reflect whatever a Theo Theodosian's text. Uh, There's a couple of different versions of it that have floated around. uh, But what really stuck out to me was the word edifying because this story is meaningless with no edification in absolutely does not need to exist in 
the world, never mind the Apocrypha, a book smacked in between the Old and New Testament that supposedly has meaning and value to our lives. It's like a parable um, from Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. Uh, this is a one-chapter book. It's 63 verses. Um, we're going to roll through it, and I think fairly quick. Well, I say quickly, but now I'm also concerned that, uh, you know, we have a tendency to draw these things out longer than, like, I, I always plan for because there's just too much, too much to make fun of. Uh, but do I, should I give the synopsis or should we just roll with it? Do we want a synopsis before getting into it? What do you think? Let's just roll with it. Surprise. Okay. Me. All right. So there's a man, uh, trying to pronounce these is a little bit rough, but I believe it's Joachim. There was a man living in Babylon whose name was Joachim. He married the daughter of Hilkiah, whose name was Susanna, who the book of the Bible, uh, sorry, the Apocrypha is named after. A very beautiful woman, because that's important, because if she's not beautiful, she has absolutely no worth. Why would anybody marry her? Throw her away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, at least, look, I get it if you're poor and you can only afford a discount bride with who's just not gorgeous. Uh, but that's how the, the trick then is to just put them in a veil like that other story in the old Testament that I can't quite recall, but where they <laughs> duped that one dude into marrying the wrong sister. I don't know. The, things were weird the time. Like they women that they didn't think were like perfect tens. I think they like had them live out in the fields with the sheep. And then when they like went and stormed a castle, they would just, make all those women lie down in the moat so that they could roll the wagons over the top. Yeah. I mean, that's the most logical thing to do with people who's, I mean, your, yeah, your, your value is entirely dependent on your beauty. And look, I think the funniest part about it is, um, men have this idea that even if there are two, that they deserve a 10. And I think that's hilarious because back in <laughs> patriarchal days, they were just like, uh, just kill the ugly ones. And it's like, but sir, you're hideous. What do you think you're going to do? And they're like, oh, I'll just take whatever one I want. Dude, it always makes me think of that family guy clip where I think like Lois had gained some weight and Peter's like hassling her over it. He keeps like saying that she's fat and she's like, Peter, you're fat. And he's like, Lois, fat men aren't fat. Only fat women are fat. (laughs) 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 Which is a biblical view. Yeah. And a great joke. Uh, I don't love all family guys hit or miss for me. uh, Yeah. I don't love it. Honestly. That's a societally good joke. Uh, (laughs) All right. So Susanna is beautiful. Her parents were righteous because what her parents do is a reflection on her. So that matters. Uh, And had trained their daughter according to the law of Moses. Joachim was very rich and he had a fine garden adjoining his house. The Jews used to come to him because it was the most honored of because he was the most honored of them all. Now, that year, two elders from the people were appointed as judges concerning them. The Lord had said, Wickedness came forth from Babylon, from elders who were judges who were supposed to govern the people. These men were frequently at Joachim's house, and all who had 
all who had a case to be tried came to them there. So Joachim's this rich motherfucker uh, from Babylon. These two elders are appointed as judges and they apparently do all their judging at Joachim's house. I don't know why, uh, but I guess that's just the privilege of having the nicest house in the got a sick garden and a pretty daughter. Yeah. I mean, and what else do you need? Uh, You know what? Trump has a lot in common with this guy already, based on the way that Trump talks, at least. He's a modern day Joachim. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, So when the people um, uh, when the people the people would leave the house at noon. So they would apparently do all their judging. And then at noon, they would leave. And Susanna would go into her husband's garden to walk every day. The two elders used to see her going in and walking about. And they began to lust for her like a couple the two of judges. Perfect. Yeah. The judges were lusting after Susanna pretty hard. So they suppressed their, their, they suppressed their consciences, conscious. God damn. Why is that a hard word right now? Consciences and turned away their eyes from looking to have God. I'm trying to read from the side of my eyes and there's not a, I'm reading these tiny ass texts from this, like, giant study Bible and I'm really struggling to get through it. So let me do a little bit of shifting here. They suppressed their conscious consciences and turned away their eyes from looking to heaven or remembering their duty to administer justice. Both were overwhelmed with passion for her, but they did not tell each other of their distress for they were ashamed to disclose their lustful desires to, to seduce her day after day. They watched eagerly to see her. So how many death sentences did they hand out in the time that they were just pitching tents together over this girl who's probably 12? Right. I I mean, and it's funny because they wasn't even together. They're all like pretending like they were. But this is where things get pretty juicy. All right. Um, (laughs) So one day they said to each other, I fucking love this is where the this goddamn. I love this. One day they said to each other, let us go home for it is time for lunch. So they both left <laughs> and parted from each other. But turning back, they met again. And when each pressed the other for reasons, they confessed their lust. Then together, they arranged for a time when they could find her alone. And it's just like, first of all, it's like, what do you guys like? You're like, oh, well, I guess it's time to go. You go first. Nah, you go. All right, we'll both go at the same time. And then they turn around, like, accidentally just, like, poke each other with their boners on their way back to the garden. <laughs> just, they just, they're just meet in the middle. Like, penile jousting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're at a total impasse because they just keep running head to head. It's re- it. So then they go, uh, once while they were watching for an opportune day, she went in as before with only two maids into the garden, that is, um, and wished to bathe in the garden. This is another bathing store. I like that. It's kind of like a precursor um, to uh, David. I think in the Bible, like bathing, like being clean was an act of like ultimate seduction, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. Like the uh, piggish brutes wouldn't ask a woman like what she was wearing when she got hassled. They would ask like when the last time she bathed was she's like, I I scrubbed myself that day. And they're like, well, you're kind of kind of 
kind of holding it out there on a on a yeah. you're asking you're, for you're it, luring them in which being all uh, clean and not disgusting yeah <laughs> which uh not to take this into a real dark turn but uh that's why like when people are like smell off like teenagers especially or preteens smell awful it's one of it's like not just like stinky boy shit like oh you're a stinky boy and you need to shower every day now but there's like there's a tendency to like basically uh subconsciously smell like death uh and that's a a pretty good sign that you've been sexually abused as a kid and you you that's a defense mechanism that gets turned on sorry i took things in that direction i know it sucks but it is what it is i don't tell you uh, but that's something to be, a, to pay attention to, uh, you know, as someone working in schools, not so much with a younger age. Cause they're like, your parents are like, you need a shower. Uh, but when they're like basically 12, 13, 14, 15, it's like, if they smell rancid constantly, it's like, that's a giant red flag that you need to report something. <laughs> it's fucked up. Boy. Anyway. Well, I'll you're just welcome for that information. that information away for yeah. any day. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, all right, so now they're watching her. They're trying to watch her bathe. She goes in. It was a really hot day, so she's like, I got to get gotta get in that water. Well, no one was there except the two elders who had hidden themselves and were watching her, which I just picture them just like, they both like, really, they meet up. They're like, oh, I'm go- I, I, uh, it's time to go home. They come back, and they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, I don't want to tell you. I'm like, we'll say it on the count of three. One, two, three. We want to rape her. And then they put on ghillie suits and they just hide. It's insane. <laughs> oh my God. I've been watching a lot of the crocodile hunter. Okay. And like a lot of times like a predatory fish or lizard will have either like the end of their tail or maybe like their tongue is pink and it kind of looks like a worm. So they'll disguise themselves in some foliage and they'll wiggle their little lure. And hey. then when a, a, a bait animal comes in and bites it, then they attack. Which anglerfish like. Say, Whack! That's Crikey. how he talks. <laughs> You'd have to yell at a They wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. They wiggle it around and then. Whack! <laughs> well, this woman's maids are around and. They don't notice the dudes in the ghillie suits hiding in the bushes. And she goes, please get me a bunch of oil and shit to rub all over my body. And they leave. So then when the maids had gone out, the two elders got up and they ran to her. And they said, look, the garden doors are shut. Apparently the maids shut the garden doors behind them. And this means something shortly because it makes the story even worse. It's like, I believe a lot of stories in the Bible are actually like narratively well written uh, when you take into cultural contexts and things like that. Sure. I'm skeptical of this one and I would need to hear actual historical scholar convince me otherwise at this point, because after they said the garden doors are shut, not a terrifying thing to say to somebody who's in a bathtub and no one can see us. We are burning with desire for you. So give us your consent and lie with us. Uh, A lot of confusion around how consent works here, apparently. (laughs) Are they naked at this point? Not yet. 
but they're both pitching massive tents in their loincloths. Uh, if you ref- <laughs> if you refuse, we will testify against you that a young man was with you, and this was why you sent your maids away. So Susanna groaned and said, I am completely trapped, for I do this. It will mean death for me. If I do not, I cannot escape your hands. I choose not to do it. I will fall into your hands rather than sin in the right in the sight of the Lord. Which this one's a little weird too, because it's like kind of weird to take their word for it. They're like, look, give us your consent to have sex with you. But if you say no, you know, we draw the line there. We're not going to rape you, actually. We're just going to say that someone else was here having sex with you. And that's a very bizarre way to try to con. They rolled with that. Like she kind of just was like, you know what? I'm going to say no. And I'll go with the story that someone else was in here. And they're like, ah, you got us. Like they didn't, that they just rolled with that. They're like, okay, now we have to follow through with that lie. And that doesn't seem like the kind of thing these kinds of people would do. You'd think they'd they're be men like, of their words. Yeah. It seems strange that they are, especially when they're like, give us your consent to have sex with you. Like that's not something you say when you're actually looking for consent to have sex with somebody. That's usually, you know, consent is irrelevant to you and what you want. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, whoever the author is with his editorial perspective is still kind of giving the rapist the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So imagine uh, that. So then Susanna cried out with a loud voice and the two elders shouted against her and one of them ran and opened the garden doors. And this is what I love. The maids closed the doors behind them. The woman screams and they run out and open the doors and the people on the other side are like, we'll believe the people who clearly snuck in there to rape her and go with their story like they Nobody's shouldn't like, have been what are there. you doing in joe is it joe nobody questioned that nobody <laughs> questioned what those two elders were do or uh, judges were doing in the garden they just are like what are you doing in the trump arboretum with your pants like, off <laughs> they're like thank god you were there completely naked fully erect with your dick in your hands to stop that man from having sex with her <laughs> 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 He's a slippery rascal. And he went up and over the fence. And nobody saw him except the two people who shouldn't have been in there in the first place. (laughs) So, uh, and when the elders told their story, the servants felt very much ashamed for nothing like this had been happened, had ever happened with Susanna before. So like the servants who left to get the oil were like, we feel bad that we left in, you tried to have sex with a man despite your upstanding character in the premise that you've been raised in the sight, like that you've been raised in the ways of the Lord and in the law of Moses. It's been predicated that you're an upstanding citizen who loves the Lord. But the one time that two men who shouldn't have been in a place with you alone where they weren't welcome, accused you of sleeping with a man who's nowhere to be found. Yeah, where is this guy? Is uh, They go, wow, it's so shameful that Susanna would have done something like that. Incredible. So the next day, when the people gathered at the house of her husband, Joachim, the two elders came from their wicked plot to have Susanna put to death. And that 
is also pretty incredible. They're like, if we you can't have sex with you, ends. you're dead. Yeah, you just look, you kill those you can't have sex with. And <laughs> and when and when all these cool American politicians like Lauren Boebert are like, we need to get back to good Christian values. We need to get back to biblical values. This is what they're thinking. like. Honestly, Boebert could have been killed for what she did. And I think it's hard to say that these values are all bad when you think about it in that context. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe somebody like happens to catch Susanna in like BB club attire or being, uh, you know, having her knobs twisted by some random guy. And he escapes, of course, but you know, she gets punished. Right. Look, for her I, wickedness. Look, at this point you take what you can get. Yeah, the guy should obviously suffer the consequences, but at least, at the very least, can we just pass a law that says that if you give a dude an over-the-pants handy at a Beetlejuice show while smoking a vape and getting your tits twisted, you're not allowed to be a representative? I think that's fair. You're going to go live in the leper colony? Just, like, draw the line there. If we could draw the line at least there, we'd be that much closer to being a better country. <laughs> All right, so Susanna's they're trying to put her to death. Um Susanna was a woman of great refinement and beautiful in appearance. It's important to keep mentioning that. That way you know she's not totally worthless and there's something potentially worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so as she was veiled, the scoundrels, I like that they call them scoundrels here at this point, though. They're like, we'll lean into the narrative a bit. We know you don't like them, so we'll stop calling them judges and refer to them as scoundrels. What a great word. I don't feel like that word gets used enough these days. I don't think that's a King James sort of word. That's more of like a Prince Jimmy sort of word. Yeah, yeah. So they're, so she's veiled, but the scoundrels order to be unveiled so that they might feast their eyes on They're like, they want to feast their eyes on her beauty. And they're like, look, we wanted to have sex with you and you said no. And we, you know, we're God fearing men. So we didn't force you to do it, but we're going to put you to death just because you said no. But at the very the least, most depraved <laughs> at the very least, we can just see you again. We just need that mental. Imp- I think they like the fear in the eyes, you know, and the, the running mascara through the tears. That's their vibe. I think I'm getting, uh, they just like, I want to see that before you're put to death because then I have like one last mental image to masturbate to under my robes while I sentence others to death. Mental snapshot of pure humiliation and terror. Yeah. Which is clearly their their favorite porn category. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the two elders stood up before the people, they laid their hands on her head through her tears. They looked up toward heaven for her heart trusted in the Lord, the elders said, well, okay. So the elders basically go, well, we're, they were walking in the garden alone. The woman came in with her two maids. The two maids left. She dismissed them. And then a young man who was hiding there, they were like, the th- <laughs> that's insane. That's like, there was another person. Hi- we were already hiding there, but it was really just to make sure nobody else was. Uh, so <laughs> then this person, jumps out we have no idea who he is no one recognizes him we have no one to accuse because clearly we're not going to accuse a man of doing something like this uh it's only wrong for the woman so they make these accusations about what was going on they're like we were just in the corner of the garden 
Uh, and we saw all this wickedness, so we ran to them. And although we saw them embracing, we could not hold the man because he was stronger than we. That's also cool. They're like, look, not only were we hiding, watching the whole thing, uh, we're also two giant pussies that can't overwhelm one single man as the both of us try to fight him off together. He just slips away. Maybe it was, all was that probably olive oil. covered in secondhand oil. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was a little grease pig. Uh, little so grease he opened pig. the doors and got away, but no one saw him open the doors. Uh, people, I, I guess he closed them again because the elders eventually came through those same doors. I mean, I get it. The guy runs out. Someone goes, what do you live in a barn? So then, of course, someone has to close the doors before the elders decide we should we need to run out before anyone thinks we were the ones trying to have sex with her. attentive so, handmaids. That's the yeah. sort of thing you want to put on your resume. Yeah, I, I mean, not a. Not a bad resume builder. I think that's the importance of the buddy system. And you know what? Maybe the story of Suzanne is not getting enough credit. Maybe that's why women aren't allowed to do anything alone at youth group. Uh, I think maybe it's led to a lot of protection. I don't know. Um, all right. So the, the guy opened the door and he got away and they said, we did, however, seize the woman and asked who the young man was, but she wouldn't tell us these things. We testify. Well, because they were elders, <laughs> Because they were elders, everyone believed them. End I was going to say, like, these are the two that would be standing in judgment. Right. Well, everyone believed them and condemned her to death. So Susanna gets all sad, obviously. She's terrified. She's crying. She's crying out to God. You know, these men have accused me falsely. God, this is false evidence. Now I'm going to die because of these pieces of shit. And the Lord heard her cry. And as she was being led off to execution, God stirred up the Holy Spirit in a young lad named Daniel. Daniel just gets Daniel. To, he shows up. I don't know what his like whole thing is at this point. I'm not sure who he is or why he's in this story or why anybody listens to him going forward, but they do. Daniel's kind of, kind of the Superman of these like DC Comics sort of uh, apocryphal texts. They, they they definitely have the plot holes of like a uh, a DC movie. Oh, and Daniel's oh, yeah. sort of like this overpowered character that nobody can get the best of. He's just too smart, too wily, too righteous, too close to God, and he always ends up on top and saves the day. And that is about what we're going to experience here. So Daniel's like, I don't want any part in shedding blood here. I don't. Not innocent blood. This seems, this seems, I'm uncomfortable with this. I like that Daniel, you know, what's cool about this is like, Daniel is the only person who's like, uh, hold on a second. And there go, that's the Holy Spirit talking to Daniel. When it's just like, Daniel's the only reasonable person in this room. It's not, it seems like a lot to give the Holy Spirit credit for Daniel being like, why are we trusting these perverts? But all the people asked, all the people turned and were like, uh, why are you saying this, Daniel? Are you telling me it doesn't make sense that these two guys were conveniently hiding behind bushes and then saw a man run out, close the door, 
they came out when she screamed, reopened the doors, and they were standing there with their dick in their hands and were like, uh, some guy just ran out of here. He tried to have sex with her. And they're like, oh, yeah, we believe that. And Daniel's the only one who finds that fishy. Like, it just seems so strange that they make Daniel out to be a superhero in this one. It's like, no, all the story is doing is telling us that you're the most reasonable person in a pack of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gifted him with logic enough to, uh, like, call morons out on their nonsense. Yeah. So Daniel's like, look. Uh, everyone needs to come back to court. We all have to come back to court and we need to retry these people. We need to have a real conversation. You know what? Maybe this is where cross-examination was invented because nobody asked these men questions. They weren't like, well, what about, they're just like, we believe you unconditionally and without question. So they we're like, we should kill this woman because these two guys said this. And obviously, if these two people have the same story, despite the fact that they were together and had plenty of time to corroborate, they couldn't be lying. <laughs> Daniel sees through that. Daniel he says at the camera and he says, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Daniel separates these two men. He goes, I'm going to question them individually. This is like what I I'm pretty sure I saw this in a noir style episode of Rugrats about who stole a bottle. <laughs> we'll just separate the twins. We'll separate Phil and Lil and ask him questions about what happened independently of each other and see what happens. And they figure out exactly what happened because God is stew pickles in this example, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's kind of cross-examined them, but individually. Uh, we'll skip over some stuff here. Uh, he pronounces a bunch of like injustice amongst them. He's like, you guys seem like pieces of shit. I condemn you. No one buys your bullshit. At least they shouldn't. I don't because you're scum. And he says, uh, now, when you really saw this woman, tell me this. Under what tree did you see them being intimate with each other? And he answered, under a mastic tree. I don't know what a mastic tree mastic tree is, do you? No, but I'm going to look it up. That seems like a pretty special tree. And Daniel goes, very well. This lie has cost you your head, for the angel of God has received the sentence from God. It will immediately cut you in two. Hell yeah. Super brutal. Well, that was before he even talked to the other guy. So Daniel, let's be honest, got a little bit ahead of himself. He had no idea yet that they weren't going to have the same story. So then he puts him to the side. He grabs the other judge and he says, you offspring of Canaan and not of Judah. Well, it's already kind of racist, dude. Daniel's getting a little bit in the weeds here with his accusations about lineage. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but, uh, <laughs> He says, beauty has begilded you and you lust and your lust has perverted your heart. This is how you have been treating the daughters of Israel. And they were intimate with you through fear. Oh, he thinks they actually fucked. That's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Um, or I guess some have in the past. Maybe there are a bunch of perverts who have done this before. Um, all right. So then he goes, tell me what tree you caught them being intimate under. The last guy said a mastic tree. Well, this guy says 
under an evergreen oak. Mike. Oh, oh. That's a mic. That's oh. why you don't talk to cops. You get a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Even if the questions seem basic. You know what? You and your buddy, you get caught doing something, they're going to split you up and they're going to ask you questions. Then they're going to turn you against each other. No matter what answer you give, they're might gonna go. They're gonna go to the other and say, "Well, that's not what so and so said. He said that you guys were under a mastic tree." And you're gonna be like, "Oh, well, actually, now that I think, yes, actually, now that I think about it, it was a mastic tree." And then I'm not a botanist. Gotcha. The trap snaps shut. Everyone was tree experts back then, so that's the question to go to. Daniel's like the um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg of his time. Now I have to find where I was. I lost my verse. All right. Um, he answered under the evergreen oak. Daniel said, very well. This is a lie. And it has cost you your head for the angel of God is waiting with his sword to split you in two. So as to destroy you both. Hell yeah. Then the whole assembly raised a great, raised a great shout and blessed God who saves those who hope in him. I like that they do that because there's a lot of people who definitely did not survive those kinds of trials. <laughs> They're like, but Hey, God saved this one. So we should praise him because he gave <laughs> David the clarity to ask a question. Holy shit. Yeah. One out and of a took, thousand trials, not they bad took, odds. <laughs> They took action against the two elders because of their own mouths. Daniel had convicted them of bearing false witness. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Not to do that. Wow. They did to them as they had wickedly planned to do to their neighbor. Acting in accordance with the law of Moses, they put them to death. Thus, innocent blood was spared that day. Praise God. But... Susanna uh, was not able to find a, a husband afterwards, and they turned her out into the pasture just in case she did maybe give a hand job or something. In the off <laughs> chance that she did touch a, a dangus. You're on to like, something. Cause, uh, verse 63 goes, Hilkai <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hil- and his wife praised God for their daughter Susanna, and so did her husband Joachim and all their relatives because she was found innocent of a shameful deed. But also, they were a little concerned that she may have seen a little bit of other male peen, and they decided to put her to death anyway. That's, Wait, what? No, that's not how it ends. It says... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you had me for a second. And, <laughs> and from that day onward, Daniel had great reputation amongst the people and therefore got a whole book about him. I like that. There's like, this is one of three precursor books to Daniel. That's just like, look how awesome Daniel, Daniel isn't awesome in this. Daniel literally was like, I have a question. And they're like, Holy shit. This is unbelievable. We've never seen anything like this. Have you ever seen a man ask a question about whether or not a woman should be put to death? He's a genius detective. He was the Rust Cole of the BC years. He's some, This is some dragnet bullshit right now. <laughs> this story sucks, dude. Like, it says it's a heartfelt, heartwarming, whatever the fuck kind of story. This is the most useless story I've probably ever heard. I think Daniel in the Dragon's Den is a little bit 
it's more fun I, for sure. More useful. Like what is edifying about it? It's like, hey, you stuck to your guns and nobody cut you in half. Like, hey, like, you were a reasonable person <laughs> and didn't just like yeah, it, I mean all it is is he was he was reasonable. It's like and everyone was like, Holy shit, this man's a god. It's like he's just a reasonable guy who was like, uh wait. Can you tell me your story again? Because I'm, I'm, there's some red flags here. Like, why are you guys in there? Why, why can't we find the man? Why couldn't you have like, why don't you recognize who the man was? Why don't you, why weren't two men able to overpower another man? Like there's, there's only one exit. He, there's only one exit and this man left out of that exit and no one saw him. But we all saw you guys be like, we just saw a man leave. It's the one of it's a terribly. It's like poorly narrated. It doesn't make sense. And for some reason, they're like, you know what? I don't think Daniel comes off the way he was intended to in the book of Daniel. And we want to really like drive the point home that this guy is great. So we should leave this in. And the Protestants were like, no, dude, this book sucks. And the and the Catholics were like, you suck. We're keeping it. And that was it. I mean, that's probably the end of the conversation. It yeah. means nothing. It adds nothing to Daniel. I don't read the book of Daniel and go, you know, this book didn't really have the same punch that it did until I realized that he saved Susanna. It's like the Old Testament is the X-Men and Daniel is Wolverine. For some reason, he gets four movies. <laughs> well to be fair the x-men got more than they should have uh i don't want to go down that. i don't want to stir up any any deep no, no, I've, trauma uh, for you I, that's one of the most upsetting <laughs> things about my entire childhood we can move on from, oh we'll move on for that we will we can maybe talk x-men another day and why it's the biggest disappointment in my entire life but uh so there you have it. The book of Susanna, one chapter of a man of two, two spiritual leaders deciding that they uh, thought some woman was hot and decided to try to have sex with her. And when she said no, they're like, well, then we're going to have you killed. I think what's crazy and look, this sounds really fucked up, but for people who think the way that those two elders or judges did, you would think it would have made sense if they're going that far to have just like to have just had sex with her. And that feels really fucked up to say, but you're, they're like already the worst of the worst. And they're like, we're actually look, we do. We look, I understand that this is hard for you, but we do draw the line at rape. And instead we're going to murder you. We're going to have you killed because you wouldn't consent to sex, which is the least way, least possible way to consent to sex when your life is on the line. Yeah. We're not animals. Yeah. <laughs> it That's is crazy. funny. It's like, it it's is like totally jigsaw, ridiculous. Right? Jigsaw's like, I didn't kill you. You killed yourself because you couldn't dig that key out of your stomach with a knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like as ridiculous as the story is, it is kind of like a tale as old as time. I mean, these are basically just a couple of Harvey Weinstein's that right. like got caught. Oh, you mean you don't want to be an A-list actress and uh, 
in one of the biggest blockbusters of all time? No, I do. I do. Well, just you look at my penis. Flick my my corkscrew scarred penis. His weird. Or, uh, or I'll tell everyone that you you tried to blow me to get into yeah. a movie, and then you will be jilted and jeered. Right, which is incredible because honestly, I look. I don't. I don't like the idea of just ripping on people for the way they look. But if there's one person you can do that to, it's Harvey Weinstein because he just was one of the most hideous men of all time. Yeah, he is an ogre. It's he is he is hard to look at him. His spirit animal is an angler fish. (laughs) Like. I it. His... He wiggled his lure, which was just basically like a little casting slip that hung out of his pocket. <laughs> and then clamp. I just can only imagine that his dick looks as cheesy as his whole face. And it's supposed to be pretty uh, messed up. Like, he's supposedly like scarred and, uh, you know, kind of ruined from the waist down. Did an accident happen? Should I feel bad about making fun of him? I can't remember what the story is. No, you really shouldn't. You don't, okay, you don't I'm ever have Google, to feel bad about gonna, making fun of him. <laughs> I'm right now, I might regret this. I'm going to Google Harvey Weinstein's penis. Maybe it's a bad entered idea? into evidence during one of the trials. That's kind of the hope. Weinstein penis. Harvey Weinstein's abnormal genitals are a focus of final something. Let me just go to Google images real quick. I feel like I'm going to regret this so bad. (laughs) Shockingly, (laughs) holy shit, there's courtroom drawings of his penis. Holy fucking shit. Oh, no. I I definitely have not seen those. It's actually, uh, you can't turn on safe search on my work phone. You can't really (laughs) see his penis uh, underneath like his. Uh, stomach girth hanging over it but shockingly I'm not seeing I've scrolled several images and have not actually seen a penis yet I've seen an eggplant oh like my an God. actual eggplant emoji can you imagine having to like after all the things that you've done having to sit on the witness stand and look at like an artist rendering of you <laughs> of, of you like, totally naked misshapen deformed body like that's pretty incredible. This is pretty incredible. Just the avatar of everything wrong with society. Like, Jesus. By a, by a uh, courtroom stenographer or something like that. That's <laughs> all right. Well, something. anyway, tried to end this episode with actually being able to explain uh, or narrate a picture of Harvey Weinstein's penis, but I can't. I only have a like case that a courtroom stenographer's drawing. Of a penis, uh, of a, well, not really the penis, just a very large man whose penis is covered by his uh, rotund belly. But anyway, I don't know. There's probably not a whole lot else to go over here. We should, we're probably at the end well, of our time. Think, we could wrap this up. I think that the book of Susanna may be the worst of the extra biblical books that we've talked about. Other than maybe I might say that the apocalypse of Peter is worse. Because that one's yeah. pretty bad, just because there was just nothing there. I just don't understand what value they're trying to add with these. Um, it doesn't it's, seem to add anything. Like, again, I, I as I've mentioned, it feels like the director's cut where you go, I get why these were cut, 
why these scenes were deleted. They add no value to the film at all. They feel out of place. They don't give you more insight into the characters that you didn't get from the original. All of it's, it, it feels like me. some sort of like, you know, 200 BC parents, like ad hoc boy who cried wolf type story. Yeah. A yeah. lot of these, you know, like they were told to scare their child away from a particular action that we, you know, is lost to history. And now we just have to like try to decipher like this nonsense parable about nothing. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Well, at the end of the day, you're not a real Christian. You're not a Christian. <laughs> and that's the book of Susanna. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go check out my episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. And if you didn't listen to it when it came out, check out Sam's episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. And keep an eye open for some other fun things that are coming up. We have a couple of guest books that we're very excited about. One is completely out of the box. Ridiculous. If it actually happens and doesn't fall through, I will be flabbergasted. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't even say anything else. I'm very excited about it, though. So uh, stay tuned. We are uh, doing some, we're, we're switching some things around with how we do the show on the back end. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any interruptions in like how it appears in your podcast app and stuff like that, but not totally sure. Our, our intent is to start doing video for at least some of the episodes here in the near future. Uh, so yeah. I, I will not promise that that's going to happen, but <laughs> we're trying, we're trying to upgrade. Does. We're trying to do shit. We're trying to like, really like, you know, I guess finally put in the effort you need to, to like try to expand this to something more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. Uh, tell your friends about it. Out. Tell your parents, tell your grandparents. Yeah, pass it along to your uncle that you're going to see at Thanksgiving that your you're pastors, really concerned about what they're going to talk pastors. about at the table. Um, pass it along to your your relative who thinks that the Maui fires were started by uh, a Jewish laser. That can only blow up non-blue cars. <laughs> I can't, can't start right now. <laughs> <laughs> And join our Discord. Uh, we got cool friends in there, and I'm excited to meet some of those people this weekend. So very pumped about that. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.